hello, hello, and welcome to Quest Me. Really the only Star Wars podcast you need for your Obi-Wan Kenobi thoughts. Uh, my name is Josh, I am the host of Quest Me, and also the creator of the Twist My Arm Network, where you can find a bunch of other podcasts um, where we talk about nerdy, nerdy things. Um, we are live on this fine Tuesday evening. It's raining here in the Midwest, um, so... Apologies if any sort of connection issues happen, but we should be okay. Um, hello, Sudden but Inevitable, and Ouchmouth, thank you for being here in the chat. Um, if you would like to join us, like I said, we go live on Tuesdays at about 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, and you can always come and chat Obi-Wan Kenobi with us, and we will chat back. Um, by us, I, I mean, of course, my lovely co-host Justin. How are you doing today, sir? Oh! Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm just really pumped up today. Uh, I'm at work right now, so you may hear some tones and things go off in the background. I apologize. So, we gave you guys a heads up last week, but it is possible. Yes, as, as we discussed last week, Justin is a real-life hero. Um no. Unlike the fantasy hero that we talk about in this show. So, Justin very possibly might have to leave to go put out fires. Li- literally. Like, that's I so badass. <laughs> You're so cool. Um, <laughs> Hardly. But, yeah, we also have a really uh, good friend of ours who's been on a few other shows on the Twist My Arm Network. And um, we've also been on some of his shows. Uh, he also has a show with... Jesse, who is in the chat, it is called Open Pike Night, and it's a lot of fun. I finally watched the most recent few episodes of Strange New Worlds, and it is a fantastic show. Um, That man, his name is Cameron. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well, thank you. I, I'm I'm not sure what I'm doing here. I was uh, I was here to visit family. Yes, we 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 had family here, and just looking to get off world. It's okay. We're trying to coin the phrase, I'm changing it now because Jesse made a good point, but we're trying to coin the phrase bi-trek-sexual, so ah. you can join me, you can join me on that, <laughs> um, because we swing both ways. <laughs> or are we just bi-trek-curious? Ooh, that's that's a good one. Because so Justin, I like right. you're a firefighter. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. forward to your expert uh, fire facts concerning this episode. This is a good episode <laughs> to have your, your mind applied to. Very good pyrotechnics. <laughs> they were very good pyrotechnics. Um, this was a wonderful episode, by the way. It's, uh, wow. I, I, can't, I can't say enough about it. Um, there was a lot that happened. Um, not just visually, but like metaphorically and just mentally. It was it was a really, really fun episode. Um, but before we get into it, I have a couple corrections from last week because I'm trying to be better with that. Um, I had said last week that we had seen everything from the trailers in the first two episodes. I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Um, we had not seen Obi-Wan Kenobi shoot the Stormtrooper yet, and we had not seen the Inquisitors flying up to in- Inquisitaris. In- I can't Inquisitor th- Island. There's a there's a really stupid name for it. Fortress Inquisitorius. <laughs> wow. Inquisitorius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but 
we that we got those shots in this episode. So now we have seen all of the trailer footage that we Oh would, interesting. That we wonder what's what we have so. in store. Yeah, yeah. I always like to see where that lands because sometimes you see all the trailer footage in the first episode or like by the second episode and then everything after that is new. So hmm. it'll be really cool to see what happens. Um my my bold prediction of Reva was completely wrong. Last week I said she's probably gonna get kicked out. Um I don't I don't think she got kicked out <laughs> of the club in this episode. I think she kind of turned uh, turned it a little bit. She spun it in her favor, um, the actions that she committed in the last episode. So um, I, I now have not president of the club by, by <laughs> actions, if not by name so far. Yeah, but nobody knows because she uh, – I think she kind of covered some things up. She covered her tracks, which – Leads me to my newest theory of Reva <laughs> that we'll get to a little later. Oh, I don't. Uh, I think I think Darth Vader definitely knows what happened. He doesn't care. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't I give mean, two Siths. The <laughs> the opening sequence of this is him talking to her, mm-hmm. and I mean, the opening sequence is him getting built, which is yeah. kind of a gruesome scene. I feel like. Justin, Darth Vader being your favorite character, what what did you think about seeing him get built? Are you muted? Is he muted? I think he's muted. I saw did his thing go Justin? unmute, but... Oh, no. Oh, no. Cameron, what did yes. you think about Darth Vader getting built? I, every time we see something like that, I always wonder, is this something that happens like once a day, once a month for his, like his monthly cleaning? Like how often does he have to take all that apart and have it put back on? I think it was daily. I think that's like his daily wow. regimen. Like he wakes yep. up, I wake up in the morning, I get put together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. There he is. There okay, you go. Cool. Um, <laughs> So what what did you think about that? Because I know that Vader has been your favorite character since you were a wee little lad, and oh, seeing him man. be put together There's... had to be something else, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the closest we see was in uh, an Empire, when you just see his back and the helmet gets dropped mm-hmm. on. That was great. It was a teaser. It was wonderful. Then at the end of Episode Three is when he actually turned to Darth or uh, Lord Vader. And then you see him slowly get built, and then like he's like, oh, you hear the respirator going on. You're like, oh shit, that's Vader. But this slow, slowly see the the scene come in with the arms, the legs, the the control panel. It, it was great. I'm really looking forward to them uh, making some kind of action figure that deals with uh, the, this meditation. Like a crash thing. dummy that you can just put together <laughs> and then you hit the middle button oh, and it blows dope. up. And you Those were pose. always the best. <laughs> Those were the best action figures. I love the bionic legs. Like, uh, oh, yeah. just, uh, just a reminder of how much of this man is machine. Yeah. Jesse says he thinks the term is swole, not built. That makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense. He also says his questicles <laughs> are hanging out. You're really, you're really going, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I, I do like that, though. I'm going to have to ter- coin that one, too. Questicles. Um, so, yeah, for me, like, I just, 
it just looked like it hurt all the time. Like when, he, when Justin was talking about him first getting built in episode three, like Star Wars episode three of the movie, um, and and you're like, oh, so that's just him. Like that's just him now. He's he's fine. But then uh, according to this stuff, like watching this and reading into some some backstory and stuff, like he gets built like this, if not every day, every other day. Like he sits in that back to tank, and then gets put together, and like. Part of that is them pulling his oxygen out of out of him. Like, they pull his oxygen tubes out. So he's just holding his breath as he's getting arms and legs attached to him. He's force-breathing. Force-breathing. I don't think that's That's real. why he's so angry. That's why he's going around the galaxy blowing up planets. That's his secret, Captain. He's got COPD. Oh, great. Jesse still hasn't seen any of Kenobi, so all he has is jokes. That's wonderful. He's I'm relying so happy. on us. I'm so happy that he's going to be on the season finale to talk about a show he hasn't even watched one episode of. That's going to be great. I watch Lower Decks, and I love I it. I refuse I'm to watch any more Strange New Worlds. I'm starting it. I started the first episode, so Jesse has to at least get on Kenobi. He won't. <laughs> don't don't say that, because the more you say that, the more he's not going to do it. Because he's kind of a dick <laughs> like that. <laughs> He'll do it. He'll just do it the night before he's supposed to come on. <laughs> yeah, he's you're a professional right. dick. You're, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, so same same thing. Back to back to Kenobi. Um, that same scene, we also see Kenobi kind of talking to I I would assume Qui Gon Master. He keeps saying Master, mm. and I'm assuming he's reaching out to Qui Gon. Th- doesn't he say Qui Gon or I don't? We hear like. Qui-Gon. We hear Qui-Gon. Yeah. I don't remember if he says Master. In the Master early Qui-Gon. episodes, he, he, he says, I'm trying to get to you, Master I mean, okay. Qui-Gon. Okay. We're 100% okay. getting a Liam Neeson appearance later on in this oh, series, yeah. right? Thank you. And I see that he's oh, trending yeah. on Twitter right now. Like, has it already happened in episode four and we just haven't seen it yet because we live in the United States? I haven't I, checked the, the I haven't clicked. Yet. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't check but, uh, I don't, Trek. I don't check trending until after I watch the episode so I can find my toxic tweet of the week. Either that <laughs> or or maybe Quite Gone Die. That's whenever you see famous people trending. That's always what you're like. Oh <laughs> yeah. I saw Robert England trending trending, but phew, it was just his birthday. Freddie's still alive. <laughs> Thank God. But I assume he was great when Stranger Things when Liam Neeson comes back. Oh, so first, I mean, do you guys think they're going to like do a CGI de aged? Liam Neeson, Qui Gon, or are they just going to put him in makeup? What are they going to do for Qui Gon? I really think he's just going to be a voice. Oh, you'll you'll just hear the spectral voice in the background. But in case they do do the whole Force Ghost, I feel like uh, they don't have to do the de aging uh, process with it since it's like translucent as much. Yeah, and Liam Neeson's kind of ageless. He, like, he kind of looks younger now because he doesn't have the beard. Right. I think I think they would keep him, just put him in some makeup, and then do the translucent yeah. stuff. I hope so. I hope I, so. Star I mean, Wars, are you listening? I have a bet with my roommate that he's showing up. So like, he has to show up, or hundred percent. I will most likely. If, if Star Wars is showing us anything, is that they love to bring back old actors and characters. Yeah, uh, I do. And think, I presume. Go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say I do think they are gonna bring an old character back in the form of Ice Cube Junior. <laughs> Go O'Shea on. Jackson. O'Shea Jackson is uh, cast in this for three oh, episodes, okay. and they just dropped Quinlan Voss in this one. And Quinlan Voss uh, is from Clone Wars, uh, uh, and he's like a badass. He pulls from both sides, 
Wars. Is he in the last couple seasons of Clone Wars? I'm not all the way caught it up. Was, it was early. Him, it was early okay. in Clone Wars, and he didn't yeah. have a, a huge part. There was a lot about him in comics and stuff. Okay. But, yeah, I presume when Liam Neeson does show up, he's going to be like, uh, uh, Obi-Wan, you've, you've taken a particular set of skills from me. You've <laughs> stolen from me. Let me show you how to take it up in here. I'm just, I am kind of digging this like uh, John Wick uh, Taken style Obi Wan we're seeing here. He doesn't he doesn't like to use his lightsaber, so he goes full blaster. Yeah, and he did. He you know so uncivilized he was in this entire right exactly. <laughs> I mean, he like, I mean he messed some of those stormtroopers up in that that yeah. that one fight scene where Obi Wan finally kind of gets back a little bit. He uh, he crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um. I wanted to get back to the Vader scene though. When at the very beginning, when he's talking to R- Reva, Reva, Reva. I keep wanting to say Reva as in Revan, but I'm pretty sure third it's sister. Reva. Yeah, third sister. That sounds good. Um, obviously, she she's blaming the Grand Inquisitor on Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. and at this point, like you said, Vader does not GAF because. She brings it up. She's like, the Grand Inquisitor will... And he just cuts her off and goes, he does not matter anymore. I do not care about that guy. I don't care about you. I just care about Obi-Wan. Find him for me. And, like, you can already tell that Vader's just gonna... He's gonna lose it in this one. Like, there's gonna be something <laughs> that happens that he's... It's mm-hmm. just... He's, huh. What I like about this scene is when he kind of tells her, like, I know what you want... I, I'm not even going to try a James Earl Jones voice. I know what you want, and I'll give it to you. Because uh, you remember when uh, the Grand Inquisitor was like, you came, you came from nothing. You're like gutter scum. The best you'll ever be is third sister. I don't really know the Inquisitor ranks, but I got the impression that like she's lower level, and she'll never rise above that. But of course, where did Vader come from? He was ju- just a slave child. He was a gutter rat. Uh, so I, even though I'm sure that is not known amongst his people, like he sees that in her and I think there's a little bit of of that subtext in the scene. Yeah. What do you think it is that she wants, Justin? She definitely wants some kind of a revenge against uh, Obi-Wan. I don't know whether that's foreshadowing from the first episode and that opening scene when you see the younglings in their stupid hats. And I want to say one of the little girls was African-American, but I have no idea how she felt so betrayed or hexed by Obi-Wan to, in order to get this kind of level of revenge on him, you know? So that's the flexing part to me. What about you, Cameron? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel there's certainly more uh, objectives for her than just becoming a uh, Grand Inquisitor. Uh, it, it does seem like there's something personal between her and Obi-Wan. I also think that that opening scene has something to do with it. Uh, definitely feels like she was once a youngling and maybe feels betrayed because he turned his back on them. He hasn't been there for them. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think we're going to get some some uh, some more will be unearthed as we go along. And so this is this is my bold prediction that I kind of mentioned in the in the beginning. My okay. my new thing now. I think she wants to kill Vader. I think that she, now that she knows that Anakin Skywalker is Vader, she wants to kill him, and she's on a mission to find Obi-Wan to I, help him. I don't feel like... Think about it. Who Thanks. went... Who, what was the only Jedi that went to the to the temple and killed younglings and all the other Jedi? The only one. Who was it? 
Yes. Anakin Skywalker, yeah. right? If she saw that happening, if she saw him like kill, like what if all of her friends got wiped out by Anakin, and she he decided to choose her to be part of the Inquisitor group? You don't you don't think that would create some sort of animosity towards Anakin Skywalker for killing everyone that she knew? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> See, I could be. I, I, I definitely think... don't think she's. She's definitely evil, though. I mean, we've seen her do some pretty oh, evil yeah. stuff to good people. So it's not an altruistic mission, but I could buy that she's, yeah, just looking for personal revenge, perhaps. She, I think it's I think it's more of an evil thought. Like, the, the revenge mm -hmm. aspect is what turns her to the dark side, is that she wants revenge so hard, and she thinks that Obi-Wan is going to want revenge with her. You know what I mean? Like, she, uh, something something like that. That's my new bold prediction for, <laughs> for Reva. Based on the um, comics... Uh, of all the Vader comics that I've read, everyone wants to kill him. It's really not a far stretch whatsoever. From the whole yeah, like, rule, uh, the rule of two with the Sith, like um, you, uh, we're gonna train you to be so badass that eventually you'll kill me. That's not gonna look that far. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jesse asks, uh, would you call her betrayal sudden? Huh. huh. Funny. Um, yes, I would call it very sudden because it was very, yeah. You'll you'll see once you watch Probably it. Probably inevitable as well. Um, he also says, spoiler alert, she isn't going to kill Vader. That's correct. Or they will retcon her to be Vader. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan, come on. Revenge with me, okay? <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like those. Um, <laughs> I just, it'd be, it'd be kind of an interesting story to see like a like a redemption thing, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But it also could it could go completely opposite, and she just goes, she goes hard in the paint with this evil thing and finds out that Leia is actually Anakin's daughter somehow, and then she's like, oh, and then Obi-Wan kills her. Like that. <laughs> I, I do love a good, like, three-way, well, that sounds dirty, three-way kind of uh, an, an antagonism, like, you know, where... They're all against each other. Those those are always fun stories. Yeah, and they all have some sort of motive. Like mm. a three-way fight. Obi just uh, Obi Wan trying to defend himself against against Vader and Reva, while those two are still battling yeah, each other. Just a good, the bad, and the ugly situation. Right. Yeah. And we all know um, how uh, Favreau and Filoni like their westerns. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to just bring some light to how fabulous Ewan McGregor is. He, this this whole series has just been like top notch. Um, and especially this episode, there were scenes where, I mean the scene at the end, not, not the end, but like right before the whole battle thing, spoiler alert, there's a battle. Um, he looks at Tala and hands her Leia and says get her to Alderaan and you can just see it in his face he's like I'm gonna die tonight you gotta make sure mm -hmm. that she gets to where she's going and like his conversations with Leia on um, the, the vehicle the transport you know when he's so explaining uh, explaining the force to her about that that whole thing you know what is it what does it feel like what does the force feel like and he says um, you know what, what does it feel like when you turn on the light? And, you know, she's like, I feel safe. And it was such a good good way to explain that to a child that has no idea what the Force is. Um, and he's he's just killing it 
and I can't I can't speak highly enough for for him. He is my Obi Wan Kenobi. And I did see a uh, I saw a really cool meme earlier that had his face spliced with Alec Guinness's face, and they were actually pretty similar. So mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. I was wondering, just to jump to the end real quick, <laughs> when certain things happen to Obi Wan, I was like, oh man, are they going to like kind of like <laughs> do things to him to like is he going to look like Alec Guinness I by the end of the series. Aging process. I that. Are they going to F him up <laughs> so, to explain why he looks so different in the Screw new home? Screw all your theories. This is how it actually happens. Yeah, <laughs> so he just actually burns his face. And actually, he has to go to Tatooine and get like re- Reconstructed uh, facial, <laughs> yeah, from the guys from like Boba Fett. Oh, man, that's how they'll tie, yeah. That's, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I was um, sold on that Tatooine and Desert Life makes the age well, or poor. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, he does look a lot older than 10 years older, 10 years past uh, Revenge of the Sith. So that is that desert life there showing. Yeah. And it's two sons, extra two times the years. And again, he's doing just such a good job with showing the age and showing like how he's become the hermit that we all know and love, you know. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about him. I'm also completely on board with um, Leia. The uh, what is her name? I can never remember. It's Vivian Lyra Blair. Um, she has been just a gem. Mm-hmm. I, I love her. Well, Cameron, what do you? Th- are you as like happy with with the way that she's portraying Leia as we are? Because it's we're pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, if you had told me ahead of time, like. Obi-Wan is actually going to be a Leia story. I'd be like, what? I don't know how they're <laughs> going to pull that off. But like, as soon as I saw it, like the perfectness of that kind of just occurred to me like, oh, yes, of course, we've seen the, the Luke story. We need to see the Leia story. And this is a perfect uh, vehicle to, to show that in. And yeah, I, th- I think she's doing great. I love like the subtle use of her force powers without her really knowing it. Uh, I love her, her spunkiness. I, yeah, I think I think she's killing it, too. Yeah, and it's funny you bring up the subtle use of the force powers because I feel like having a connection with droids is somewhat a force power, mm-hmm. and just just because the electronics and stuff, and you're you're manipulating whatever waves or something. Well, it <laughs> sounds like Lando had a connection with droids. Well, that's a mean. different that's kind of connection, yeah. though. Okay, you okay. know, I mean, <laughs> he found a way to connect. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Oh my god! I wonder if they're gonna go into that with the Lando series a little more. <laughs> I hope why so. Wants <laughs> the Millennium Falcon back. He misses his love. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, now you got. I did love the <laughs> that's uh, the scene you were talking about where he's explaining the Force. I did love the. I don't know if it's a call back or if it's a call forward, but the. Uh, that's not how the Force works. Oh yeah, which made that's me think of uh, Solo's works. line from Force Awakens. Yeah, you know, it's, I that is a, is a funny line to me, um, but I'm starting to feel like other franchises are gonna use it more because I just saw a <laughs> Jurassic Park trailer today, and mm-hmm. and the whatever the lady was like, pull this plane over, and she looks at her and goes, "That's not how planes work," and I'm like, "Oh, now they're just gonna put it in everything. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious." <laughs> did it first yeah maybe i don't know the simpsons probably did it first let's be honest (laughs) um uh so yeah leia again she's just that little girl's crushing it justin are you still 
Are you still okay with Leia, or are you still on the I don't like child actors boat? <laughs> I've never liked child actors, but she is adorable. She does the scenes very well. She does her speaking very well, but she still can't. She, she's no Haley Joel Osment, but uh, I mean, <laughs> no. she does. She conveys what she needs to convey for sure. And there's there's moments that you can tell were kind of probably more. Uh, not improv, but like you know, things kids do on set, but they they manage to use them to to great effect. Yeah, um, I pulled this out of our chat the other day. Uh, Jesse had said, "Oh God, Star Wars is still about petulant children, isn't it?" Cameron, would you say Leia is petulant? There's some petulance, sure, <laughs> definitely. When she was first with uh, Obi Wan on the uh, the the underworld planet, she was being petulant. Uh, and I, I think if she weren't right here, then she would be petulant. But she's she's right most of the time in this episode. Yeah, I mean, she's been right kind of the whole time. Well, like, not when with she didn't trust Obi-Wan and she was trying to run away from him on the, the criminal planet. Yeah, well, OK, OK, OK. Like her her intuitions were not the best, <laughs> um, but her her quippy comebacks are very like, where did you come up with that? <laughs> sure. How did you do that? She was bit fire. Yeah. Like, if she was my daughter and she talked to me like that. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Um, she, Leia's 10, though, I think. So she's got, she's doing pretty good for being a 10-year-old princess. Um, and you And you really can see her, like, her petulance is kind of forming into a headstrong young woman like you can see that happening as as it's as things are going on well i love that you can see her uh her draw to the resistance and like i mean the the seeds for who she becomes are definitely being planted in these events in a big way um so i love i love i love that arc of her character that we're starting to see yeah um and obi-wan again obi-wan with his it's like he sees Padme and her and stuff and just feels so bad. You can see it every time he makes some sort of comment that he feels so bad. The the transport, the shuttle, when the stormtroopers are surprisingly smart. Um, I know, right? I was not expecting I mean, that. Been, I, they're, they're getting better actors to be the stormtroopers, too. I've noticed that something with the, the new Trek. They get, like, different voices to play the stormtroopers. Because every time I'm like, oh, is this someone famous? No, no, this was... Sometimes it's another is. Daniel Craig uh, incident. Sometimes, but not always. They just get interesting Random. voices to play them. Yeah. Every ever since the Daniel Craig dropped, I've been always looking at the casting. I'm like, oh, who's Stormtrooper? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, I didn't uh, recognize it was Freck that this time. Freck was the celebrity voice. He was, which I could yes. tell. I, I mean, I didn't know who it was, but I was like, this is somebody. He's too good of a. Yeah, yeah. Too, too good and Rick too many lines yeah. to be just some <laughs> random person. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, Freck was played by Zach Braff, um, which was pretty cool. And uh, I, I liked Freck. But before we get to Freck, mm -hmm. the Stormtrooper. Okay. I just wanted to talk about the Stormtroopers a bit in this because they, there are some scenes, like this one on the truck, where they're really smart. Um, you know, Leia and Obi-Wan are using fake names, and Obi-Wan just slips and and calls her leia instead of luna her you know her fake name and the stormtrooper's like wait i thought you said her name was luna and like <laughs> i was like wow that was really quick for that stormtrooper to figure that out like and 
it was better that they did it that way instead of like him getting off the truck and going, wait a minute. <laughs> Didn't he say? <laughs> yeah. So, but then you get things towards the end where like there's a droid coming in to save Obi-Wan and they can't hit him to save their lives. Oh, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk about how no one can walk around anything in this episode. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, I mean, the first, the gate thing, all right, all right. Right here, like, on this truck, they, you know, they're moving up towards the gate to get checked. And, obviously, they, they get through the whole thing. And, and you see Obi-Wan has to shoot, <laughs> shoot the gate in order for the lasers to drop down. And then it has a, a pan out shot and shows the top of this little base. And they could have clearly went around on either side, just walked around it. So I think <laughs> I think the reason they didn't is because Leia's too small and he didn't want to have to carry her through thorn bushes. You never know <laughs> what kind of poisonous bushes are in Star Wars. Or the... It was quicker just to shoot it too, but... Yeah, and and there could have been something on the other side of the building. <laughs> I just, I just like to think they needed to go really quick, and he just did it. You know, screw it. And at, at right after that, they, you know, another stormtroopers pulled on up. Another st- set of stormtroopers pulled on up, and basically, almost captured them. So, I don't know. There, there's a lot of complaints about that for sure, but I, I, I didn't really see a lot. I noticed it when I first saw it. I was like, they could have just gone around. But I didn't really, I wasn't too upset about it. Were you upset about it, Cameron? <laughs> I, was, I, know, I wasn't upset. I, just, I bumped on a little bit there. It's just then it happens again at the end where the stakes are much higher. And you're like, why didn't they just go around? I know one of the stormtroopers says, we can't go around. But it definitely looked like they could go around the fire. Also, what is that stormtrooper armor good for? It doesn't protect you against fire. It doesn't protect you against laser blasts. <laughs> what do they wear it for? Intimidation? I guess so. To be in uniform? It does say it's supposed to be a, a deterrent of toxic inhalation. Okay. Is that it? That's it. That's the one thing. That's a real <laughs> problem with the Empire. All that toxic gas. Huh. Just farting all the time in the, in the transport <laughs> ships. And they have to... Uh. They could walk around in the belly of an asteroid worm all day and be fine. Yeah. Jesse says, I'm sorry, Leia's fake name is Luna? That's on Obi-Wan. No, if you had watched the episode, you would realize that Leia made up her fake name. But I digress. Knowing kids, she's probably been going by that for years. That's true. And That's her go-to the, fake name. I think there was some sort of connection on that, too, between like that and uh, the comics. Um, it's there's There's people trying to put the connection of Owen Lars being Obi-Wan's brother, because Obi-Wan does bring up that he has an, a brother that he barely remembers. Oh, God, the second he said that, I was like, there's just going to be so much, uh, like, <laughs> 20 years from now when they reboot Star Wars again, people are going to, like, be digging into that. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to go anywhere, because he... I hope not. He was taken, he was taken from his planet, which, by the way... Uh, Speaking of terrible Star Wars names, Obi-Wan's home planet is called Stu John, named after John Stewart. That's oh. not even oh. I'm not even kidding. I believe you. <laughs> after John Stewart, the news anchor guy? <laughs> yeah. Comedian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um That's badass. I mean That's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so 
in the in the, like the comics and some of the legend stuff, he did have a brother, and I believe in legends, his brother was Owen Lars, like he had a, his was his distant brother. So, I mean, I've I heard that was like a thing or a extended. Yeah, I, I don't think that's right ever there. gonna happen. I don't think they're they're ever gonna try and connect Owen Lars with Obi Wan like that. I do think that scene was a bit of a, a callback to the to the whole brother thing. So. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of movie, did you hear that Obi Wan is in talks to get a second season? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought it was a limited series, yeah. though. So did everybody. Because I was going to say, like, it, I am liking what they're doing with his character, like, because at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you could be like, okay, and then I can see that he hangs out on a desert planet for twenty years and then becomes the old man we see. But watching this, you are like, and as much as I think like TV goes too much into trauma porn lately, like. The, I mean, it makes sense that Obi Wan would be like dealing with some PTSD after all, everything that goes down in Sith. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, I I feel it's a natural place for the story to go, and I could see how they could take him from uh, point A to point B with this series. And so, I'm I, I am liking what they're doing with it. If they did that with this series and then add another series, I don't know what they're going to do, but we'll see. I guess it depends on how they end this one. Right, right. Because. I mean, they could kind of they could throw Darth Maul in that at any point in time. Oh, they want oh. to. They want to. They, they, I'm, I'm oh. sure they do. Leave it, leave it for how it lives. Just a 15 second samurai duel, and boom, you're. That good. was probably the most hyped up duel of any Star Wars property ever, and it lasted 15 seconds. The the it was in Rebels. Uh, ah. Rebels. Have you seen Rebels? Uh, no, I need to. Okay, I need to. so that's the only stipulation or the only problem that would arise with bringing Darth Maul into Obi Wan because Maul's like story arc ends in Rebels, ah. and the whole time he's looking for Obi Wan. So if he's still looking for him, I highly doubt he ever found him. Maybe they're playing. Uh, you know, we'll see. Like. Uh, like, we have to assume that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight again, because in this fight, he certainly was not the master, as Darth says in A New Hope. So Right. Well, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to see are they if they're retconning Rebels, because mm. the Grand Inquisitor getting, getting murked off so suddenly, although I, I still think that he's going to come back. Like, they're going to bring him back at some point. He will. He will. I just don't understand why he has to be the same person. Everyone seems intent that he's the same person. I'm like, he kind of looks like him, but his head's really different. Like, he just looks like they could be of the same species. Yeah. I, I, don't, but know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. about Rebels. That was a huge thing by the fan public when they released the, the real-life uh, image of Grand Inquisitor was like, oh, his head's way different. It's not elongated. Right. You make a valid point. It really could. He's dead, and then someone else like him takes his place. Maybe it's one of the brothers with the the their face still. It's just eleventh brother, the one we never see in any series. <laughs> yeah. Just that one, like yeah. Vader. Just it's like it's like Vader coming home with a new puppy. <laughs> it's like he just comes home and he's like, hey guys. This is the new Grand Inquisitor. I know you two were duking it out to be like my main guy, but surprise! I could see Vader doing something like that. Yeah, that's that's a Vader move. Yeah, just to just to piss him off even more. <laughs> um, Kit Fisto would be a really cool callback. I don't think we ever saw him die on screen or anything. So, 
We did. Did we? Yeah. Oh yeah, he got killed by the by the emperor. That's right. Because it was Mace, Kit, and uh, Eth Koth. Two, three of them. Oh, Eth Koth. I I I just think that it's East Coast with a lisp. Eth Eth Koth. (laughs) But those three, when they went to go get uh, Palpatine, they all got murked. So Kit Fitz Fisto is dead. Um, Plo Koon, on the other hand, might make some sort of appearance just because Dave Filoni loves loves him. Um, let's talk about Tala. Because ah, you mean the mother of snakes? Mother of snakes, played by Indira Indira Varma. She was best known for her role on Game of Thrones, Ilaria Sand, um, and the she, mother of the sand snakes. Right, right, right. And <laughs> and she is great in this as well. Um, mm-hmm. This was another scene that we saw in the trailers where she's walking down the ramp, um, right, right after Obi Wan gets stopped at the gate that we talked. <laughs> a bunch of shit about <laughs> um she you know her her battalion of troopers walks out to capture them she shoots them and then reveals that she is like she's kind of like the like the Jedi underground railroad leader or something mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. she she kind of runs that um i was extremely surprised that she ended up being kind of an ally um Obviously, because the, the trailer, what we see of the trailer, you're like, oh, man, she's a badass. But it was really cool to see her come out and show Obi-Wan that there's actually good people in the universe still. I feel like this whole episode is him doubting everyone and thinking everyone's lying to him when in actuality there still is some good out there. So it, it was it was a really cool, cool way to, to show him that. Justin, what did you think about about? Tala and that whole situation with with the Jedi Underground Railroad and all that stuff. Well, first of all, I love it how you reference it as the Jedi Underground Railroad. I, the whole time I was thinking oh. the same. I really, really well, love it. And it's, they, they show, uh, there's like a map online that shows like where it goes. Like it goes between different planets and stuff. And there's like a, an actual yeah. like road to take. It's crazy. That's wild to me. Like, I, I really wanted to really take the time to pause and look it up in Arabesh and see who's been there, but that's way above and beyond me. Either way, I love Tala. I, I liked her. I really did. Uh, initially, I thought she, exactly what you said, a badass coming up to it. And I'm like, oh, well, fucking Kenobi's dead. <laughs> and then, bam, she just uh, pulled a quick one on us. But, I like, her determination throughout the episode um to show that compassion to Obi-Wan to try to spark that uh, uh, hope for humanity. But uh, Ewan was a wonderful actor throughout this entire scene. You could see it in his face that he's heartbroken and torn. And then Tala does this one nice thing and he's like, whoa, what's going on? Okay, you take her. I go try not to die. I go this way, I go that way. Overall, it was, <laughs> it was a cool scene. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, this is really the beginning of his arc, right? And and I love that, you know, Obi-Wan kind of put himself in this situation. He was like, I'll stay here and watch the boy, but staying on Tatooine, where, like, his only connection with someone else is with Lars, who hates Jedi, like, he has no idea that there's a whole resistance going on. He just thinks, like, everyone just crumbled and that the Empire is running uh, un unresisted, and uh, here he is, he's like you said he's learning that like people are fighting back people are 
there's still uh, resistance. And so, you know, yeah, it was, it's great seeing all that with him. I mean, I think I was kind of the opposite with you guys, kind of for the same reason, because I was like, oh, Obi-Wan's going to die. Oh, wait, no, Obi-Wan doesn't die. I bet that one lady that looks kind of familiar, it took me a while to recognize her as the mother of snakes, is going to shoot those stormtroopers. And she does. And I was like, you know, I mean, she knows those stormtroopers. She has lunch with those stormtroopers. She knows they're just like guys drawing a paycheck. And she just effing just gatted each of them for this Obi-Wan guy. So, I mean, that shows you were definitely where her loyalties lie. Yeah, and the stormtrooper brutality in this is pretty top-notch i feel like because mm -hmm. they they kill a lot of them and they kill one especially that i know we'll talk about a little uh, bit if you that you know that i love yes the the very beginning of this episode had a brief brief shot of that but uh holy cow um <laughs> and, and that's that's so funny that you bring that up this whole like they're comrades they eat lunch together they do things together and she's just like yeah blah. I'm done with you. Doesn't even hesitate. Yeah. Yeah. No remorse. And yeah, you wonder, like, because she knows that's Obi-Wan. She knows, like, oh, this is the Jedi I've got to save. You Like, you wonder if she would have done that for, for just another one of the, like, a Padawan kind of trying to get through. I feel like she would have because you see all, saw all the markings of Jedi that had gone before them, mm -hmm. which is really cool. But I mean, I think, I think doing that, she knew that she was out. Like, she was not going to be able to go back to... Yeah, that's Empire. true. She gonna die in the next episode, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but I love that they have made this implication that there's more Jedi out there, that there's a lot more Jedi out there, mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. just a couple. You know, it gives me hope that Sam Jackson is gonna make a reappearance. You know, just <laughs> missing missing a hand. You know, <laughs> and maybe. Maybe we'll get Freddie Prince yeah. Jr. to show up as as Kanan. That'd be cool. Um, or or any of those rebels Jedi, you know, like mo passing through, trying to get to where they're going. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, obviously we're gonna get Quinlan Voss, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna be played by uh, Ice Cube Jr. And that's gonna be cool. I I would love to see like Quinlan Voss versus Darth Vader. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, because they, I mean, they, he pulls from both the dark side and the light side, so he might give Vader a little bit of. Although, as we see in this, Vader doesn't care, and will kill anyone and anything yes. to get to where he's going. So I don't I think talk about that. I don't think Quinlan would really stand a chance, but it would be it would be kind of cool. Um, that is basically like our last character to kind of go over is Vader. And and the Vader. rest of his story from this and dude, if Disney has gotten one thing right in Star Wars, it is the brutality that is Darth Vader. The way that he oh, in any of his yes. scenes, whether whether it's Rebels, whether it's Rogue One, now Kenobi, he is just terrifying. Um, this one from beginning to end, when you see him getting built by you know getting the machines implanted in him those are giant needles going into his body every time and and then and then watching you know just like his, his movements and he's so determined and so menacing and then he gets to this village where obi-wan is and he's looking for him i, I skipped over the part where obi-wan was spotted by a probe droid which was cool and Obviously, Vader now knows where he is, so he's there looking for him. 
And the way that he tries to draw him out is by choking a dad and then letting that dad go and killing that dad's son right in front of him. And then proceeding to choke more people <laughs> on his way through on his on his way, you know, through town on his revenge tour. So I mean, there's there's way more to it that yes, we're we're I, w- I would like Cameron to talk about <laughs> because you were saying you wanted to talk about a lot of this this brutality part at the end and yeah it's, it's interesting because like Darth Vader's always been brutal for sure I was wondering if he was coming off as more sadistic here than in the originals and I, I don't know I mean you think about it and you're like well he did destroy Alderaan like he, he's pretty sadistic like plenty of innocent people died there for no reason um, so I guess it's there but like and it's just because of the era those movies were made, they don't feel as as brutal. You don't see him kill a teenager for no right. reason, but the draw out his enemy. Like you see him uh, break like the one rebel's neck, but like he is a soldier that he's attacking. Right. Yeah. And and on Alderaan, um, it's not like you saw people looking up, going, "I wonder what that is." Right. You like know? they definitely never show you that <laughs> in Star Wars. <laughs> so like I guess it is implied there, but I, I was wondering because he does feel a little more Kylo Ren here, or maybe more accurately, he feels more Anakin here than he does in like the, the original trilogy. And so maybe this is kind of a good seeing Anakin go from, you know, the super emotional, like, Oh, I'm mad at you. So I'm going to drag you through burning coals just to get back at you to, I don't think Vader would have done that in the original trilogy. He's a lot more cold hearted that in those films he's much more efficient he's he's not all about that he obviously doesn't try to punish obi-wan in a new hope he just tries to strike him down well and i think he's he's unleashing a lot of anger in this one too like this is yes, still his his emotional side like of anakin where he's like oh my oh my god we finally found him i'm going to make him pay and he says mm-hmm. that too at one point he says <laughs> you know i'm going to i'm going to make you suffer and like Good lord, man. The that that scene, like you were saying, dragging Obi-Wan through the coals and like just the exact opposite of, of Revenge of the Sith. Um and, and, and Sith Anakin is screaming in agony the whole time. And in this one, like Obi-Wan is making those same kind of screams, but like it's not because Obi-Wan made a mistake and tried to you know go over the high ground or anything it was because vader was pissed and wanted to get his revenge on him like he man i i, I was like my jaw was dropped the first time i watched this episode and just like ha huh, ha huh. and then right after i was like is that how alleganis shows up <laughs> <laughs> like right like yep. you said are they gonna burn him enough to the point where he's just gonna look like alleganis because <laughs> be very interesting but justin what were your thoughts on on this whole scene i i especially the part where they're having their quote-unquote lightsaber duel what did you think about (laughs) that part um honestly i thought the lightsaber duel was sort of anticlimactic they didn't have really too much going on you see obi-wan get punked by vader and he's like oh where's your skills now but at the same time, I'm thinking like, oh, Vader's got his bionic arm. That's why he's so strong. I think it's the bionics that makes him strong. It's not that just complete rage. Mm, maybe. <laughs> well, and just real quick, it, it has the show established that Obi-Wan doesn't have access to the Force? I think it kind of did that at the beginning on the first episode. Right. There was like a, a weird quick shot 
so like he's he's lost connection with the force with his his kind of um uh lo- solitude of, yeah or his uh just dystopian viewpoint now or something yeah well i i honestly think he cut himself off um oh, okay. to prevent yeah. vader from finding him oh, okay. to prevent you know any anything anyone from finding him through the force because he in in the first episode and even into the second episode, he he doesn't ever really use the force at all until Leia's falling, and then it, he struggles so hard to right. actually tap into yeah. it. He's like, "Oh my god!" When, like you know, ten years ago, he he'd be throwing people around if he if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, I think that he he did the Luke Skywalker thing where he closed himself off from the force, and it took a lot of energy for him to use the force. And in this particular scene with the lightsabers, his lightsaber's been buried in the in the desert for 10 years yeah yeah he feels like a, a padawan not even a padawan but he feels like some guy who just found a lightsaber he feels like me out there playing lightsaber yeah exactly trying to have a fight with a sith lord yeah. that's been just wrecking people for 10 years so i was hoping for vader to this is sort of comes from uh, force unleashed the video games if you're familiar with them like just pick someone up with the force throw his lightsaber at him and then pull it back <laughs> That was like the one thing I was opening for out of this uh, barbaric brutality going on. I guess I just wanted more because I agree it, it did feel a little anticlimactic. Like this was like the big meeting, Kenobi and Anakin again after, you know, it's been 10 years, almost 10 years. No, almost 20 years, almost 20 years. Um, it's 10. This is it. 10 years. But I mean, for, uh, for us, since we last oh, saw their big oh, fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so to get in the third episode, I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh shit, this is the episode I've got to talk about is, is the big Darth Vader Kenobi episode. Um, and it was all right. But yeah, I did feel a little anticlimactic. I, I think I just wanted more talking because they kind of were just shouting the same things. We've always heard them shout at each other. You, what happened to you? I'll make you pay. <laughs> it's like, well, guys, it's been a while. You've got some, some things to say to each other, obviously. Let's let's get some of it. Because uh, I did like. Well, it's not like they're going to sit down. No, but they they're going to sit down for a tea party and like discuss their. I don't know. I, I, you know, they got a lot <laughs> out in the uh, A New Hope saber battle. I did like how this was did kind of feel like a bridge between their lava battle and the New Hope battle. Yeah, That's perfect way to explain it. Um, I I got into a conversation with someone in a in a Star Wars Facebook group. Surprise, I'm in a bunch of those. But I got into a conversation about how Vader people he this per- person was confused about the fact that in a New Hope, Vader had said, you know when I left you, I was but the learner and now I am the master, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And how, how is it possible that Vader and Obi-Wan could meet now and him still say that? And I think my, my answer to that is mainly Anakin left Obi-Wan a long, long, long time ago. He left his mentorship a long time ago and he was just a learner at that point. And so even though they had met, now he's still technically kind of learning you know he's at this point he's probably still learning how his arms get put into his sockets and figuring out that sort of shit so i i think that you're right this this is a a bridge to a new hope but it's also one of the best bridges i've seen so far to a new hope (laughs) well i also think we're going to get another scene between them where obi-wan has reconnected with the force and we have to a, a for that line to make sense, and B I, I think just for the 
the series as a whole. Like we we see them fight here, and Obi Wan's on the losing end. Any kind of hero's journey ends with him facing him again, and and uh, and saving Leia. I would love for Obi Wan at some point to say, "You still have so much to learn." <laughs> <laughs> or mm-hmm. something like that yeah I, I wanted some more uh yeah some repartee between them really uh and, I, I, and i'm sure yeah we'll get that more in the next one i'm feeling i was gonna say i next... think we will get more of that because yeah it's obi-wan has always been kind of known for his hello there you know and right. his funny little quips which by the way obi-wan was one there away from hello there in this episode <laughs> come on man it was so close. Again, he we've got we've got to get him back there. He's not there yet. He's still, you know, he's still half the man he was by the. He's still depressed, Obi Wan. Yeah, he is. He is. He doesn't want to use his fun quips from back in the day. Yeah, to um, be fair, like this whole scene was more of the the horror scene than the kind of uh, you know two friends meeting on the battlefield. I mean, to the point where like. Fittingly, as a masked killer, uh, it's like Darth Voorhees up in here, just like suddenly appearing in front of him. I don't know how everyone in the third act of this episode just suddenly knows how to find where everyone is. But all of a sudden, everyone knows where everybody is. <laughs> I chalk that up to the force. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I did think that was kind of weird that Vader just kind of knew where he was, although you could tell that he could sense him because sure. when he's walking through the village, he looks directly at Obi-Wan. Just like with Michael Myers, like Vader does not walk fast. <laughs> he is a slow moving man. And so how he I mean, have you played the video the games? Front. He's pretty quick. <laughs> Vader can be yeah, He's fast. pretty quick. So uh, I have a question. Is Hayden Christensen the one in the suit? Sometimes. Yes. Okay. Um, it's sometimes him and it's sometimes another actor. Hmm. Um, but it's Don't never be. James Earl Jones. Of course. It never has been. No, but I'm saying it's never his voice either. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, they actually used a program. Spoiler, they used oh. a program in this called ReSpeech that really? um, allowed them to dig through a bunch of different things that James Earl Jones had said, and it like puts together sentences. It probably works better for this, where it's all supposed to sound synthesized anyway. Yeah, and... And I was going to say, like, they I mean, they've had programs do Darth Vader voices for ages. Right. Do you remember Rogue One and how kind of awkward he sounded well that's why i brought it up because yeah someone had said i don't remember really but i remember someone saying like oh you could tell how old he was and i was like oh could you because he sounds great here oh it's because he's a computer and that's that's exactly my point is that he (laughs) he did sound kind of old in rogue one and it was still great that it was james Earl jones but Mm -hmm. but they really did a a good job i they did a good job i have my complaints about it they did a good job making it sound like him and making it sound like a young James Earl Jones again and like the Vader that we know now my complaint about this is we've now seen Mark Hamill be de-aged and brought back with his voice and now we're seeing uh, James Earl Jones not even really be a part of it and have his voice used do we even need actors anymore when it comes to well George Lucas is the man who said like back in the 90s that's where he sees the future of filmmaking it's just a filmmaker in front of a computer and and you don't need actors you don't need sets you don't need cameras so I mean it was his vision it was the man's vision and I have never been a fan of it but I don't like it either I mean I was really excited when I when I first heard him talking I was like oh my oh my god he sounds great this is they did a really good job with him. I'm so happy he's back. 
and then you get to the credits and it says Darth Vader's voice, blah, 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 by Respeech. And you're like, what the? Oh. Well, I wonder if that's why he didn't have a lot of lines. And that would be a complaint if they pulled back on the character because of the technology. Yeah, that's true. Because I would say it doesn't work with Luke. I have not been happy with the changing <laughs> Luke stuff. So they, They've been experimenting with Luke, I feel like. <laughs> it, the, it's gotten better, for sure, but still. Mark Hamill's down for whatever. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> but, I mean, the the first time you see him in Mandalorian Season 2 at the very end, awesome. It was a great scene. I was still emotional, but the second time I watched through it, I was like, okay, yeah, he looks kind of weird. I don't know how I feel about him right now. <laughs> and then we see him again in Mandalorian season 2.5, also known <laughs> as the Book of Boba Fett. And it's better, but still pretty awkward. And I think a lot of it, the awkwardness comes from him being in the light. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of that de-aging and stuff, when you have it in the in the light, you can really see the mm-hmm. the, the imperfections. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I buy it more for Vader, A, because it's supposed to sound synthesized, B, you're not seeing a face, so I think a disembodied voice, you can kind of get away with, like, that weird kind of uh, uncanny valley of emotion coming through it, Yeah. but yeah, when you're seeing, like, the uncanny valley face speak in the uncal- uncanny valley voice, it's uh, it's like a double whammy. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so, yes. I want to see how you felt when you heard Vader quote this. I am what you made me. Oh, he's still upset. That's that's the whole point. He is no, still no, blaming no, Obi Wan. Feel when you first heard this. First what did I feel? I got chills. I mean, I got goosebumps. If that was, that's what you want. <laughs> I wanted to hear tears. <laughs> because no, nah, I didn't get tears. I haven't gotten any tears yet in this series, really. Um, really. Not, this this was the closest one I think, and just kind of seeing the fight between them was the the closest I got. But him saying that is very typical of Vader to say that he's looking for an avenue or someone to blame for all all that he's done, and that's exactly what he's been doing for the last ten years is you know <laughs> viciously searching for Obi Wan because he's blamed him for the for the death of his wife and for the the machine that he is now. So him him saying I am what you made me is, is very I, I think very standard Vader um and Anakin mm-hmm. at this point. What about you, Cameron? Would like did you get any sort of like chills or anything watching this? I don't know if you get like emotional or anything, but Oh no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I I do. Uh I haven't with this one yet. Um and maybe like, I'm on the fence with the music. I like a lot of what they're doing with the music. I think a lot of the original score is really good. And there's, like, things they're doing with, like, the Imperial music where it sounds very uh, Empire, but it's not quite there yet, but it's still recognizable as the Empire. And I like that. I I feel like they've been, you know, almost purposefully not using the old music for some reason. And I don't know why, because I feel like that is what Star Wars is. Like, it's it's your quickest access to it, and why you don't bring in the Force theme or or the Vader's theme more often, uh, or at all so far in Kenobi. I'm like, I don't know. I think if they had, I probably would have been brought to chills and tears by now. But Yeah, if they did some sort of, like, Duel of the Fates mashup or something at this, mm-hmm. or... Yeah, I... That, that was actually one of my my last notes was the music 
um, it's Natalie Holt and John Williams are both doing working on the music for this. Um, yeah, because he did a new Obi Wan theme. He right? did, and it's that that first right. theme that we see um, or mm-hmm. hear at the, at the beginning of the show. And it's fine, but I want something to harken me back to the the bigger canvas. That's that's exactly my thoughts. It's it's fine. It's not a it's not a John Williams score that I'm used to. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I and not saying that I need to have something that I'm used to, but I don't know. I, I feel like Williams in this this one just kind of slapped it together. He's like, "How much are you gonna pay me?" Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I like like when he talks about Padme uh, obliquely in the in the truck with Leia. Like, it's so good. I mean. As someone who doesn't love the prequels, like there are good things in the prequels, and I do feel like some of the newer stuff avoids all of it completely. And I'm like, no, 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 let's talk about the good stuff. Let's make that better. Right. And they could have used some good music so, cues behind that too. Yeah. Some of the some of the old Padme themes and stuff. You're absolutely right. Exactly. But like scenes like that, I do kind of give me chills. Like when he looks at her and says, "I see your mother's face in you." Like that's a great moment. That was probably my biggest chills moment so far. Yeah, I think that was that was a good one for sure. Um, God and him and uh, sorry. Uh, well, and I, I would love to say I noticed this. I saw a tweet about this, but it's great. In that, uh, in this episode, when they're walking through the desert, Obi Wan and Leia, one of her braids has fallen out and is hanging down like a Padawan braid as he's talking to her about stuff. Oh, I didn't and even. Of course, she's teaching him stuff. I yeah, I saw that, and then I went back, and yeah, it's all tucked up in through season two, but in this episode through episode two but in this episode one has fallen down i didn't even notice that what a what a fun little detail that was a good detail for sure um i am looking through my notes trying to see i don't know if i have many more notes other than segments justin cameron do you guys have any more notes Uh, i love the underwater inquisitor stronghold Um, oh yes i forgot what fortress inquisitorious I didn't realize it was underwater the first time I watched. It wasn't until the second time I was like, oh, shit, they're underwater now. There's giant fish. big sharks swimming around out there. They're they're actually on the planet Nur, which is kind of a weird name. Um, But Hmm. Nur is a moon in the Mustafar system. So they're actually fairly close to Vader's castle. Um, Makes sense. And they... uh, I like seeing it in, in live action. You see a little bit of it in Rebels. Um, but seeing it here is really the giant fish, like you were saying, when they're underneath, like in the, in the, the water, fish. having their meeting. Yeah, it's cool. I like that a lot. Um, and that's that's basically we saw Nur, uh, Mustafar, and Mapuzo. Mapuzo is uh, from mm-hmm. an old RPG game, I guess. They're oh, bringing okay. that in. Um, they're, they're just pulling all sorts of shit in from all sorts of different <laughs> legends and canon. Like it's. It's kind of cool, um, and it's still making me think that they're going to do a lot with uh, with uh, Thrawn and, and that, um, with the Mandoverse. They're going to pull a lot of Legends mm-hmm. things. Um, Mara Jade. But yeah, Mara Jade would be cool. How do you guys feel about uh, dirty-ass stormtroopers? Like, These stormtroopers were dirty. I mean, Just the suits. they should be, though. Having them, I, they should be. Having them so clean. I feel like in the past we've never seen them so dirty. You're no, right. uh, in Tatooine, when they're crawling they around on the dead yeah, that's true. That's true. They're, okay. they're fairly dirty. Well, that was after the the George did the those scene mm-hmm. additional scenes. Okay. 
Um, oh, let's, I, I need to go back into the chat here a minute. Roy says he needs episode four now. Me too. Only a few more hours. Um, voice acting has become much more popular. That must be in reference to James Earl Jones. And then you have uh, Anakin listens to Ohio is for Lovers on repeat in his back to pod. That is the emo song by Hawthorne Heights that everybody has heard but probably can't remember <coughs> what the name is. And he says he's more powerful for the suit. The constant agony fuels his rage. And Jesse asks or says, make me want to watch this. Cameron, you want to make Jesse want to watch this? <laughs> oh, I thought you said he, we made him want to watch it. Oh, dang. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> well, I did. I did like the scene. Uh, although, come on, Obi Wan, just turn the saber off. But where he's he's looking for Vader and he's in the dark and he's got his lightsaber right in front of him. Like, you kind of forget. Like, of course, that would be a terrible way for him to see. He wouldn't be able to see anyone coming at him. It's just a bright light right in front of him. And he and he hasn't even used his lightsaber in who knows long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, Obi Wan. He probably should have turned the lightsaber off at that point. But it was a really cool, like, again, like the horror element of that scene was really well done and cool. Yeah, um, I would say if if yeah. you liked the prequels, especially New Hope, which most people like the prequels, um, or sorry, the 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 original trilogy. Why did I say <laughs> that? I I had it in my head that if you like the original trilogy, you would like this because it's a prequel. It's a it's a good prequel mm. leading up into a new hope, kind of giving a little bit of of backstory of how Obi Wan is the way he is, um, and I would guess this is to it's going to be a prequel to Rogue One. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I I would almost bet that Cassian Andor is going to show up in this, and we're going to get a Kenobi oh, verse. We're going to get a Kenobi verse in pre original <laughs> trilogy era, just like we have a Mando verse in post-original trilogy era so in in between in between the actual (laughs) trilogies we have these like prequel sequel things which so far have been working out really well um jesse asks is it pretty pretty much like mando i would say it's a it's it's a lot pretty like mando oh pretty (laughs) what is he referring to I would assume he's talking about the visualization of it. And yes, it is very pretty. Um, the different planets that they go to, you know, all the all the different... Th- I, can't, I can't... I have the hardest time explaining visual things. Well, I was just so glad when they got off Tatooine in the first episode. Oh, yeah. I remember that was my oh. thing. It was like, oh, we're going to have a whole other series on Tatooine? What are we doing, guys? And so, like, yeah, the the whole... The, the underground planet... Uh, it's not underground, but you know the criminal planet from episode two. I love that. It looked great. It looked, I mean, it turned into the crow. Went from Taken to the crow in one episode. <laughs> or Blade Runner, great. kind of. It reminded me a lot of a Blade Runner planet in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was some cool stuff. And and again, like the Inquisitor Palace, terrible name, whatever it is, <laughs> but uh, beautiful freaking place. I'd want to go there. That's where I'd want to live. Yeah, I I would say visually, it's very striking. Um. There are a lot of things to look at, you know, and mm-hmm. and even watching the episodes more than once. It's it's like watching uh, Strange New Worlds, Let's, just to reference that. Strange New Worlds is very pretty. Yes, it is. But, yes, Jesse, if you're watching just for the visuals, definitely, <laughs> definitely watch because they're there. So it's time for the Toxic Star Wars Tweet of the Week, <laughs> the part of the show where I find... 
a tweet from a jerk that likes to talk shit about Star Wars for no good reason. Um, this week, I don't, I don't mean for this to happen, but th- it's two weeks in a row where it's uh, women posting s- toxic tweets about Star Wars. But this week comes from Lucas Star Wars Girl, and she says, uh, she brings up the, the scene between Leia and Obi-Wan, where Leia asks, are you my real father? And Obi-Wan says, I wish I could say I was. She says, for me, this is the worst line in Obi-Wan. It's proof that the writers don't understand what came before, and it suggests he had a thing for Padme, and therefore Anakin was right and justified. WTF slap face emoji. I think she's completely off the mark here. Um, I, I think that this particular toxic Star Wars fan is looking at this in a really terrible light. Um, maybe she has some guilt. <laughs> That uh, that she's trying to work through. I don't know. I'm just being toxic back. Um, but I hate the line, it's proof that the writers don't understand what came before. That's the one thing that bugs me about most of these fans and their toxicity. Um, to, to kind of bring up your point, that's not toxicity. It's just a misunderstanding. It, it could. It, I don't think it's a misunderstanding because of the fact that she's bringing the writers involved. This is why I'm bringing this up. Because most of these writers are bigger fans of this show and have taken in more property and media than we could ever even like hope to do. Because they're paid to do that. And so they know exactly what they're writing for. And it's not like any of these shows are going to get green lit with some terrible canon-breaking writing that is going to create some sort of mystical rift between Anakin and Obi-Wan because of a love triangle that never existed. To me, that line, um, Leia are you, says, are you my father? To me, that that's just her being kind of sad that she has no idea who her real dad is. I mean, she and just found out she wasn't a true Organa. Like that's a huge thing, and, th- and then she sees Obi Wan show up when in her desperate need and has no clue who he is, what it, her his ties are to her. And of course, she's gonna wonder like, is this good? "Are you my father?" That's a natural little kid reaction. That's good writing, I say. Yeah, and I didn't take the line to mean that he was interested in Padme at all. I think he meant I was. I wish I were because a, I know that your father is a mass murdering fuckhead, and I wish that weren't the case. I wish you could be, <laughs> and uh, I know you'll never be able to be with him. And so, if I were your father, then I could be here for you, and you could be with your father. I I think is really what he's saying. Um, or you could even make it like he wishes that her father and his best friend were there with her and protecting her right now i mean that's definitely how i took it the other problem with that tweet is the end when she says that anakin was would be justified for genocide if obi-wan had been trying to break him and padme up and that's pretty toxic that would have justified it if that had been the case if he had been right the only reason anakin's a bad guy is because he was wrong about what obi-wan and padme were up to right oh yeah, and that it's just again that that stuff. This we had the same issue with the tweet last week was just them complaining about the writers and people not knowing their subject matter and all this stuff. These people know their subject matter. 
They're not going to be writing Star Wars and making these stories if they didn't know their subject matter. Jesse says the creators don't care, or, sorry, or the creators don't care about canon, and that's okay. All they care about is telling stories. That's fine. I'm okay with them telling good stories. But there still has to be a little bit of canon for the fans, and especially for, like, if they're going to kill a character, I, I would like to at least see some something that uh, brings him into the fold of, of the show that he's in after this. You know, like, how, how does he come back from that? Um, again, I, I don't think that to hark or go back to, uh, the Grand Inquisitor thing and that canon mishap, I don't think he's going to be completely dead. Um, we obviously saw Fennec Shan come back a season later in Boba Fett after we had kind of thought she was dead. So it's my main point of this is that the writers know what they're doing. People stop being jerks. There's no reason to bash on people. If if you don't like the show, don't watch it. If you're tired of Star Wars, quit watching it. You know, like there's there's no reason for you to to come out and and be be jerks to the people that actually do like the show and the people that actually work on these shows. There's a lot of people that are working very hard on these. So, I don't know. I I don't I don't I just don't like that. It it really upsets me and that's why we do this segment. So then with that, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is... You will not be permanently damaged. It is Boba's Bounty. It's the part of the episode where we talk about our new favorite character, planet, ship, um, anything that was kind of brought into this. But for our guest, for you, Cameron, I would say for the entire show. Because sometimes with episodes, you know, we don't get a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. and so <laughs> so yeah let's start with you cameron what oh. would be your boba's bounty mm. for this week uh i mean overall so far would probably i mean probably be obvious ones either uh little leia or uh reva the third sister uh i mean she is just such a cool villain and i'm very intrigued by her and like we've seen we we've all got kind of theories about what what she's up to so that makes for a great character love everything she's doing and and again just seeing young leia i think was uh, a really smart choice um and if i had to pick one from this episode i'd probably go freck just because he was fun and it's it's kind of nice to see like you know he's just a guy on this planet the empire's there they're giving him a job like he doesn't know what's going on he's just (laughs) you know he's trying to get by make some money for the little frecklings back at home What a cool alien, by the way. I loved the way that he looked. Yeah. The squid mouth popping out and all that. Uh, he, he was a cool-looking alien. He was yeah. a, a humanoid naked mole rat. <laughs> he was. I kid you not. Naked mole rat, look it up, and you'll see that. 100%. Oh, well, I don't think I want to look that up, but I will trust you. <laughs> Justin, what would be your Boba's bounty for this week? Um, so... Episode three, there wasn't too many introductions. There was another sister introduced, of course, Vader. But uh, my little snippet is uh, the loader, Ned B. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't talk, doesn't do anything. He just walks around very robotically, and, like, uh, and he just loads things, right? But Leia was really nice to him and kind, and, and I quote, Actions speak louder than words, Tala. Um, her action was to be kind to him. And in 
and then he took that kindness, and then he was ready to fucking mollywop a stormtrooper at, at the drop of a dime. He was ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that fact. And he saved Kenobi at the end. Oh, yeah. He was the one to go out there and pick him up and carry him off. Like he, he was like, I do kind of care, and I, I kind of like these people. They they were nice to me. <laughs> so, droids do have feelings, and and I've seen it on all sorts of like videos and stuff about how Leia's character is really showing her affection towards droids, how much she cares about droids and just all beings, no matter what they are. And it's th- this little this little girl's doing a great job conveying that for sure. Um, for me, I cheated a little bit with my Boba's bounty because I did it in a, <laughs> in a different way. Um, my favorite new character was Vader. <laughs> I know. Listen, hear me out. He's not new. Okay. I get it. But he is new to the Star Wars miniseries universe. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. And he really like, if, if this is a one a person coming in and watching this for the first time, like let's say this is a person that has only seen the prequel trilogy. Yeah, that's the only thing they know about Star Wars is watching the prequels. And then they come and see this and they actually see what Anakin turns into and what he does and what he's capable of. They did a really, really good job showing that he is just a monster and will do whatever it takes to complete the task at hand. So... Well, Again, I, I think we haven't sorry, seen a Vader at, of, at this age, at, of this era. We've only seen him 10 years on either side. It's true. And, I mean, Rogue One was right before A New Hope. So, right. Um, it's this in-between seeing him still, like you said, emotional and still vulnerable and still just so spiteful. You know, it's it's really, really cool to see that, and especially in live action. Mm-hmm. He was in Rebels, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. it was really cool in Rebels. The the one scene where um, Ahsoka hits ha- gets like hits half of his mask off, cuts half of his mask off, and and the the Vader voice mixed with the voice actor um, that did it was really really cool. And and I loved that in Rebels. I gotta check the show um, out. You you really do. It's it's one of the best uh, Star Wars properties in in my humble Star Wars opinion. After the the first season is a little hard sometimes because it's introducing things. They still, I don't think, really knew where they wanted to go with it right away in the first season. Um, but once that second season kicks off, it kicks off and it goes hard. So it's it's good. And yeah, again, Vader for me is my pick for this week just because he's new to the live action series game. And I, I, I had to cheat a little bit on that. Sorry. <laughs> um That'll do it for our uh, Boba's Bounty segment of this week, which leaves us with one final segment, and that is... It's time for Kenobi Vision, the part of the episode where we talk about our favorite screenshot of this week's episode of Kenobi. Um, Before we go in there, Jesse says, did you just describe your Star Wars opinion as humble? And Ah. yes, I did. (laughs) I see the joke. Um... (laughs) Roy says loader was Kevin Smith question mark I mean I guess because he's silent Bob (laughs) 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 Um, so for Kenobi vision let's keep the same order going let's start with Cameron 
and your shot is this one. There it is. It, it was when oh, the stormtrooper man. falls off and gets cut in half. I know there's a lot of like great metaphorical shots with like Vader and fire later and everything, but this was the shot that both me and my wife like went, oh, like the like the only kind of verbal like exclamation we got. So I had to pick it. It's just uh, one of those cool, fun things uh, the new Star Wars is doing. Uh, just saying like, oh, we've got a world full of lasers. Let's use them. And the 80s horror fan of me, uh, obviously, is, is delighted by the sort of shenanigans. Dude, <laughs> it's, people get cut in half and limbs get cut off in Star Wars. But this is like next level. Yeah, he was I... already dead. They didn't have to do it. <laughs> oh, you're right. But but they did. And it was great. Um, I definitely like rewound it a little bit I, I hit the 10 second back and i was like wow just to see the detail of this not to mention this was our uh, stormtrooper our wilhelm scream uh cameo so <laughs> that's Had that's you. very true that's very true the audio worked um, as well i i definitely love this one i was gonna pick this one i, I had three different shots to choose from and <laughs> you guys both picked two of them <laughs> <laughs> so um I'm glad it worked out because this this is definitely one of the best shots of the show. And Super fun. Just yeah, showing I mean, this, that Star it, this Wars is what is makes Star Wars now. fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's and they're getting a little more a uh, little more gruesome, a little more brutal. Yeah, if, as long if as there's know. no blood, Disney doesn't care. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Although Kenobi did bleed on Flea's <clears throat> ship <clears throat> earlier in the season, so they there's reference blood. to blood, <laughs> but you can't actually see it. Right, um, excellent, excellent pick. Probably, uh, probably one of the best ones of the series so far, I would say. Um, Justin, tell us about your pick because it's mm. also epic. No, oh, it was right when uh, Vader met Obi Wan, sort of like a last showdown ballad. He ignites his lightsaber and is just so badass right there. Just the the soundtrack is pretty much emptiness. Um, he ignites his saber, and then Obi-Wan's like, oh, shit. And then, ironically enough, what's he do? He go runs towards the high ground. Mm-hmm. Stage right. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was weird to see Kenobi kind of cower a little bit. Yeah. Because he there sees the lightsaber, he's like, oh, my God, uh, and starts shaking in his boots and just runs away. He pulled a Monty Python and just ran away. Well, that's a little bit where the anticlimacticness of it does kind of work because we've seen shots similar to this before but it usually you know fo- is followed by kenobi lighting his lightsaber and then a big duel starting and instead mm-hmm. it's what you don't expect kenobi just hightails it right and he does light his lightsaber and the repercussions of that was kind of kind of funny because it like seemed to throw him off a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. when he ignites his lightsaber he's like his eyes squint he's like oh that's bright and like and then he kind of like loses a little bit of balance because, again, he's just reconnecting himself to the Force. And I think seeing seeing how how serious Vader was really scared him. Like, oh yeah, this is he's gonna kill me. <laughs> so yeah, great great pick again. That was that was another pick that I absolutely loved. Um, a lot of these shots just favorite shots of, of the whole series this this episode was was really good um my particular one that i it was i think it was my second favorite next to the stormtrooper one um i 
it's the scene that's the they pull back from when Vader is rubbing Kenobi over or like rolling him through the coals and you just see the stormtroopers coming in behind Vader um at to to give him backup that he so desperately needs and just kind of watching Vader drag Kenobi through the fire um and again seeing the like the menacing revenge that he wants is is very predominant in this like you you can definitely tell that he's just right now out to make him suffer and he says as much during this scene you know now i will make you suffer basically as you have made me suffer and getting his revenge and i i think i think they did a good job showing how badly vader wants him to burn <laughs> so i again i i love that um that that whole whole fire scene at the end was just fantastic. So great picks, guys! Thank you for playing along for this week's Kenobi Vision. Um, I don't have a uh, bumper for for the ratings segment because I don't feel like I really need one. I just <laughs> we rate the show, you know. We're gonna rate the episode because that's how we do it. Bumper or not? Um, and what is we'll run? We'll rate this one out of uh, ten Siths. Last week it was <laughs> out of. Ten meat slabs, or uh, uh, crate crate dragon <laughs> pounds, or whatever. Where have I so heard that sort of rating before? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's been around, um, but yeah, this week we'll we'll rate it out of ten Siths. So, Cameron, let's start with you. What would you rate this episode? How many Siths would I rate this episode? I'm going to give it an eight Siths. It was a very good episode. Uh, like I said, I mean, mo most of my favorite spots were the quiet parts between, like, Kenobi and Leia, the talking to her about the Force, talking to her about her mom, um, just her her quick uh, lying capabilities. Uh, I did feel like the third act, you know, kind of devolved into magic tunnels somehow. And mm. um, like you said, there's a map. I'd like to see this map of how these tunnels work. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it was a little anticlimactic. I think in the long run, it's going to make sense. I think it's going to like, uh, w when we see Kenobi and Vader meet again, it, it will all bookend itself well, but for, as the standalone episode, I, I was wanting more. So a good solid above average eight. All right. Justin, what about you? I give it eight. Hello. There's <laughs> eight. Hello. There's okay. All right. Uh, same, same kind of thing with Cameron. Um, I loved all the imagery. I loved the sound or lack of sound, the the visualizations, but it left me wanting more. I was happy with the amount of Vader they gave me. It was just enough to say, ah, all right, I'm satisfied for now. But it's really, um, it leaves me open for what is this going to turn out to be? And how is this going to tie into the... The, the set in stone canon which they can't really manipulate around and how are they going to tie this together but it could be more could be less I just want more leaves me hungry alright um, and for me this has been my favorite episode of the season so far I'm giving this one a 9.8 mm -hmm. because I love so much <laughs> stuff that happens in this um, by the end of this series this episode might turn in might go to a 10 for me um it, it really it, it's just so good in in so many different ways the conversations between leia and obi-wan um the 
discovery of more Jedi and learning about how they're staying alive and how people are actually helping them. Um, Vader being put together was awesome. And then also Vader doing all the Vader things in this episode was just took me back to my childhood fear of Darth Vader and um, and why why people are so terrified of him. And, and he only gets, you know, a good 10 minutes. But man, that 10 minutes is is scary, scary AF. Um, so my my math. Oh, my God, my math. Uh, Cameron, why don't you give us some some plugs here for uh, for for you while I figure out what our rating is? Sure, real quick. I just I also want to say we know the stormtroopers had Obi Wan and Leia at the checkpoint and like uh, initiate Protocol Twenty Three. Protocol Twenty Three. I was just wondering like what if Protocol Twenty Three was just like a flash mob and they were getting ready for like a little disco rave, and then Obi Wan just start blasting everybody. <laughs> well, like Protocol Twenty Three brought in the probe droid i think that's oh, yeah. what that was that, that was the uh, disco ball was going to come out of his the head dis- oh, and then they're going to start see. you know the most Eisley cantina was going to start playing they have star wars disco we don't know it's going to play jizz that's the star wars could, music you could be right uh yeah if you, you want right. to hear more from me you can find me uh as as uh josh said uh, me and jesse from the sun but inevitable podcast and my producer john t bolds from the Green Shirt Podcast are doing Open Pike Night, a Strange New Worlds podcast where we have the uh, uh, Trek community call in with their thoughts on uh, that week's episode of Strange New Worlds, and we let them guide our conversation, and it's been a lot of fun. I believe Josh is going to be on in a couple weeks to discuss episode seven, I think is where we're at now. Awesome. You are marked down. You're going to be in there, (laughs) and it's going to be a good time. You can find us uh, at Open Pike on Twitter. Uh, if you're watching Strange New Worlds and you want to let us know your thoughts, you can send a 90 second or less audio clip to uh, at or sorry, uh, openpike at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you and put you on the stage for the show. You can also find me at Greenshirt87 is my other podcast, Greenshirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation, because I am a next generation newbie watching it for the very first time. We're now in season five, and uh, it's, it's a lot of good stuff. I was actually just wondering how far along you guys were. So you got another four seasons, right? No. nine seasons? Seven seasons. Seven. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, it's almost done. Mm, kind of, you gonna yeah. move on to you going to move on to Deep Space Nine there's, after that? There's or? discussions. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I, I love the Green Shirt podcast. Next Generation is hands down one of my favorite Trek properties of, mm-hmm. of any of them. Um, and Open Pike, I can't say enough about that show. I have listened to it every week and had a really good time. Thank I you. apologize for not calling in. I called in the first episode, but oh I yeah, didn't you did. call in. Um, the, the last couple, I've been a little preoccupied with uh, other things. So um, I, I'm going to try and get in there this week. Well, yeah, this week, because it'll be. Uh, so they come out on what, Wednesdays or Thursdays? Tuesdays. We try to bring them out on Trek Tuesday. Okay. But the, sorry, the Strange yeah. New Worlds and comes the, out on yep. Thursdays. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So then our, you, you, our got, you got about three or four days you get to send a, in a your, little over your 48 clips. hours to send in your, your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and, and for bi trek sexuals like us, <laughs> we got to, we got to, you know, take part in, in all the, all the good sci fi we can. So, Right. Uh, and again, Strange New Worlds has been wonderful. Oh, it's so I good. Thought Dis- I thought Discovery was like my favorite new Star Trek property, like my, my mm-hmm. you know, the good one that's come out or whatever. But I think uh, Strange New Worlds is, is taking the cake 
it really feels For like sure. they've just taken all the best parts of all the Star Treks and they're like, what if we just just put all the good stuff in one pot? Yeah, and I can't say enough about Anson Mount. That dude is a- incredible. Like I said in the last episode, I don't know where he came from, but he is a delight. Yes, yes. Yes, for sure. Um, I know Justin doesn't like to let people know how to get a hold of him, so <laughs> if you need to get in, in touch with nine one one, any right? of us here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you need to get in touch with anyone here at the network, um, usually it's me, and you can find me at Twist My Arm Cast on Twitter, and our new page for Quest Me that Justin kinda deals with is at Quest Me TMA. Um, I just started up a TikTok recently, Ooh. which has been a lot of fun. I've been kinda going crazy on that so um lots of lots of fun podcast things you can follow us at tma network on tiktok and then basically anywhere else you you do your social medias just search for twist my arm and you will find us instagram youtube uh facebook all that good stuff so um it's it's always a good time talking star wars tuesdays like i like i said last week tuesday is my favorite day of the week um, unless there's no Star Wars happening, in which case it is then Friday for Sudden But Inevitable, <laughs> when we also go live to talk about Death Note. Um, that's the show that Jesse, our good friend, hosts, um, and we, we go through shows that we haven't seen before. So um, this, this season is Death Note, and it's been a ton of fun. So definitely come back to the same place that you're watching right now um, and come back on thursday at the same time eight thirty mountain standard time to watch us talk about some death note um, but i think that's going to be it for this week i don't really have much else to to talk about do you, do you guys have anything else you want to you want to say did you do the math oh yes thank you so much 86 nice uh we gave this an 86 percent so um I, I feel like that's a pretty solid rating and last week i think it was around the same um for our ratings so for quest me i have been your host josh cameron justin and we will of course talk to you next week same time 8 30 mountain standard time on tuesday for some star wars may the force be with all of you